on today's Midcourt Madness, after a long wait, Biggs, we finally have a bracket. How you feeling? Woo! <laughs> I love the excitement there, Biggs. Um, and yeah, we're a little late on getting this reaction pod out. I know you were busy last night. Thanks for that. But, um, you know, we're going to do what all media people do, and we're going to overreact to this bracket, Biggs. And so we're going to go through each region, talk about who we think is going to be some good matchups, talk about who's overseeded, underseeded, and uh, give little predictions at the end. So uh, we'll get to that right after this. So, Biggs, just to start off, uh, we'll talk quickly about the number one seeds. Um, you know, I think they got it right. We don't really need to talk about it too much. But obviously, you know, in this order, it was Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, and Michigan. Um, you know, it's funny. A couple weeks ago, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but Michigan fans, after that Baylor loss, were like, you know, well, obviously they jumped ahead of Baylor at that time. But they're trying to make the case that they're better than Gonzaga even. Do you remember this? Oh yeah, the Michigan faithful were—they—they uh, they were all about it. Yeah, and it's funny that you know they're trying to make the case that they're the best team in the country, and all of a sudden, two three weeks later, they're the worst number one seed. Yeah, I wonder how much. I mean, they—they they obviously didn't finish the year with a lot of good vibes. They lost once they lost their first game. Well, no, they lost to Minnesota, but then they—then they took like three losses, kind of towards the end of the year with with Michigan State. They lost to well, they got crushed by Illinois, and then losing to Ohio State, you know, in the Big Ten tournament. That's three losses in their last like five games. So they're not going in with a, a lot of positive energy. Yeah. And then I think even more. I mean, how big is the Isaiah Livers injury to that cause? I mean, I don't know how much that impacts their seeding, but I yeah. Have you have you seen? I don't know if I've even seen anything about how long he's supposed to be out. Um, uh, word is apparently it's pretty bad. It's apparently think- the suggestion he. Just reading up on the Detroit News had a, a story today saying like his his return to the NCAA tournament yeah. would be quote miraculous. So that makes me yeah, think that so it's not that's great. Gonna I, mean, be, I guess we can believe gonna... in miracles, but who knows? Right. You know that that might be a popular sort of a second third round upset pick, considering you know he's one of their starters. He's one of like their. He's almost like the heart and soul of that team, isn't he? Yeah, he's a th- I mean, he's a three he's a three year starter, and he's you know he's I, I don't think he's their best player. You know, he's not probably their best their best player is probably their big guy Dickinson. Their best prospect is probably mm-hmm. Franz Wagner, but it seems like Livers yeah. just kind of always gives you something good. It seems like he's probably their most consistent guy. It seems like those two guys both kind of their highs are maybe a little higher, but their lows are a little lower. And um, he's you know he was the guy who I think. Had, I mean, he was a key. He was a key rotation guy on their team that went to the title game a few years ago, and and he's still there. He's still kind of one of those pieces that's still around. So you don't know. I mean, and and, and the thing that the thing about Michigan is they don't have a lot of depth. You know, I mean, they kind of play six guys, six and a half guys. They have one perimeter guy that comes off the bench, and right. so now you, you start breaking into that a little bit. I, I do. I think Michigan's maybe a little vulnerable, and maybe that's the place to start here, John, with with these one seeds. Yeah. Um, one seeds never. It's never. A, it's never an all. It's never an all one seed final four. Which one of the one seeds do you think is the most uh, no. susceptible to an upset? Before we break into the individual brackets, I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I'd say you know you got to factor in like which you know obviously injuries. I think 
Michigan, considering that, I'm just looking at some of like the possible future matchups. Um, I see Baylor po- possibly having to play North Carolina in the second round. I think that might be a popular one, but I don't know. I think I think the reason it's popular is because of North Carolina size. The other side of that, though, is their guards, Caleb Love and R.J. Davis, do turn it over a lot, and that is where Baylor has great defensive guards, and I Baylor think they can really take advantage of that. Guards. Yes. Uh, I'm just trying to look to see if there's any other, uh, I don't know, maybe Purdue beating Baylor in the third round, I guess. Could Um, could Virginia maybe in a rematch with Gonzaga? Could that be an interesting one? It it could be. Or Um, Creighton, if they were to reach the Sweet 16. Virginia is another interesting one. They're not like with their COVID stuff. They're not supposed to get there till Friday, supposedly. And this whole week, they're only, they're, they're not able to practice. They're doing zoom meetings. Right, that's dangerous. You got to wonder about that rust that they're going to have. And also, like, I don't think they've released the name of the person who got COVID, but they did say it was someone who played in that last game, which they only have an eight-man rotation. I was going to say, they play a thin group, too. Yeah, so it's obviously one of those eight. So if that person isn't able to go, I think they still will be able to go. But if they're not, you know, that's that could be a – which Hauser is it? Joey Hauser? There's two Hausers. Sam. Sam Hauser, and he's one of our best players. Or if it's Jay Huff, who's just come on really strong this year, like that could hurt them big time. Yeah, if it's Kihei Clark, you take away really the only guy who handles the ball for them consistently. Like you're right, they just yeah. they play seven guys. It's like you take one guy away, and you're cutting yeah. a huge chunk out of your rotation. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, let's uh, hop into that first region. And for purposes of talking through this podcast, because I'm gonna, so you know, I'm I'm a very simple minded person. And to the point where I don't call it Midwest region or West region. To me, it's top left, top right, bottom right, bottom left. I like That's that. I mean, I like north, Northwest. It's the Northwest region. It's literally the Northwest. <laughs> region of the yes. Okay. Let's do the Northwest region. Also top left. Okay. Um, but who do you see here? Who's maybe a team that you can see outperforming their seed a little bit? Oh, well, you, you know me. You know how I've got just this affinity for Oregon. I think they got underseeded as a seven and – I could see them being really dangerous. I think they've got a good chance to – it's that team that I'm probably going to pick a round or two to just go way too far. Um, but I'm really high on You think they're going to beat Iowa that second round? Yeah. I got, I got them beating Iowa in the yeah. second round game. I think they I think they can do it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how about you? Who do you like? Anybody Anybody in particular, like uh, like a four-seed or lower that you think of? of I, how kind of does their, their seed line? Um, you know, I could honestly see, you know, like there's almost always one double digit seed that makes the sweet 16, makes that out of that first weekend. Yep. And we just talked about Virginia probably being a little rusty. Yep. And you look at that Ohio team and they had that story. Remember that story about that Jason Preston who he's legit. Like, what was it? He graduated, he graduated high school, goes to a prep school, is on the C squad, makes some highlight video from those games and gets a scholarship to Ohio. And now I think he's a senior now, and he's their best player. Um, but I could see them winning that. And then you look at either Creighton or um, UC Santa Barbara. And Creighton is a team that they're tough to peg. I don't know. I don't see much out of them. So I could see Ohio possibly making a run to that Sweet 16 round. I'm with you. I, I actually thought about – I really wanted to pick uh, UC Santa Barbara. And, and, and I'm kind of with you on Ohio. They're very, very good. And when you're talking about an individual player in Preston who can kind of take over the game, that's what—that's kind of the recipe for an upset is you at least need one of these guys that can close that that talent gap, right? And, um, 
-hmm. you can make the argument that they will have the best player on the floor. And generally 13 seeds don't have the best individual player on the floor. Right. So what do you think of this? I'm sure you saw this, but Gonzaga, number one team in this in this region and the number one team overall. Look at their the two, three, and the four in their region, and it's teams that they've already played this year and beat. All three of them. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Yeah, I mean, you're running against it. Yeah. You got Iowa, who they who they beat in in Sioux Falls. You got Kansas, who they played in the at the very beginning of the season. They got Virginia, the team they played like right around Christmas, and they just bombed the hell out of them. Which was, I think that that final game was kind of like the the swinging door moment for sending people into like this. Okay, Gonzaga is actually like that's legit. You put a hundred on Virginia, like that's people don't do that. And maybe for Virginia, mm-hmm. went the other way, where it's like okay, people who don't like Virginia generally gonna be like. Good. Now I don't have to pay a single inch of attention or ounce or sec. What do you right? Pay a second of attention maybe to Virginia the rest of the year. Um, yeah, early on, Virginia was talked about a team that just was off the rails, was not going to amount to much, and then all of a sudden they're back up in the top ten again. Yeah, and it was and it's a little weird to me because like I'm, but I'm doing this, uh, you know, my show prep is probably last Friday, um, and I'm looking at their schedule and who is their best win though? Virginia. They've beaten Clemson. They've beaten. Georgia Tech, North Carolina, Louisville. Who's their best win? Probably beating Clemson just because you beat them by 35. I mean, that's that's yeah. impressive. Those Georgia Tech wins, I guess, age pretty well now since they won the ACC tournament, but they don't True. have a great non-conference. They didn't They didn't really test no. themselves in the non-con um, besides that Gonzaga game, you know. Right. So, yeah, you got to wonder uh, how that's going to, you know, I don't know, ACC was just down this year, and they're just not as battle-tested as most teams that won the regular season ACC. Right, and then getting knocked out in their tournament, which is another interesting little thing here. I mean, we're talking about, you know, that was some of the, the maybe the biggest storyline coming out of basically the weekend of the big boy conference tournaments was that, you know, Virginia gets taken out of the ACC and Kansas gets taken out of the Big 12, and they're in the same region. That's interesting. Oh, don't forget about Duke. Don't forget about Duke, though. They oh, also that's right. Yeah, we have out. to talk about and, Duke. And, Yes, I forgot we ha- we are we're, we are officially sports media, so we have to talk about Duke a little bit. Okay, we'll so, revoke our podcast if we may- didn't mention Duke. Yes, so I guess my first uh, hypothetical question is: Had they not been bitten by the COVID bug and been able to play and beat Florida State, a would they have made it, and b what seed would they have been? They would have one hundred percent made it. They probably would have been an eleven seed. Eleven seed, maybe even a play-in game. No. They would have basically taken Syracuse's spot as the as the okay. blue blood team that gets to get in just because of their name. Second question: How many highlights of Zion Williamson would we have seen leading up to that game? Oh, so many! Do you, remember, many. Do you remember that season? They had, they had warm up cams on them. Like they're going through layup lines. Maybe it's just the North Carolina game, and just they had watching just watching Zion. Yeah, going back and forth through the layup lines. It's absurd. It's just it's so <laughs> wild. It's amazing. They didn't even win the title that year. They didn't get to the final four. No. Don't you did this to me. You roped me in. I wasn't gonna say anything about Duke. I don't care about Duke. Whether or not all right, let's get off Duke. They're they're done. Oh Kansas and Virginia though. They both got knocked out of their tournament. Kansas apparently isn't sending A, they didn't send David McCormick, their starting big man, didn't go to the Big Twelve tournament with them when they thought they were able to play. And Tristan and Aruna. Interesting and Aruna. And, but I'm not Jalen Wilson, that, the other right? starting forward. Yeah. Average like 12 a game for them. Leading rebounder on is the team. He's not going either. He's he's not going to Indianapolis. So you're down, you're starting four and five. So are these teams, like, can they eventually make it? Like, could they I believe, arrive I believe with, they can. Like, Friday, yeah, like Virginia I is? 
I don't think they'd be there for the first weekend, though. Really? Okay. I wasn't sure about how that worked, but yeah, that would. Uh, I guess I'm not sure. That would be a big loss, especially if they can't. Cause like, especially you know, they had to play you know either USC, Wichita State, or Drake. Which you have a fun fact about Drake, don't you? Well, it's. I mean, it's the first. It's the first college basketball team to be named after a Canadian hip hop star. Oh, that's it. That's it. Um, that's not my. Yeah, that's, not my joke. that's that's Gary Parish's joke. I just love it. <laughs> But yeah, if they don't have those guys, they uh, they might not make it out the first weekend either. And then, especially if Oregon's able to knock off Iowa, that pick you had just earlier is looking a lot better. Well, that kind of sets up. I mean, you know, the, at first thought going through this bracket, I thought, you know, Kansas is a three seed. I think everybody hates on Kansas this year because they're just not quite what everyone expects Kansas to be, right? Everybody thinks Kansas is like you should have like, a one, two, three, four, or five in front of Kansas, right? Like during the season, they're Mm -hmm. supposed to be ranked in the top five, dominating the Big 12, being a national title contender with NBA draft talent all over the floor. And and this Kansas team doesn't have that. We've we've kind of documented that, how they don't have super highly rated recruits. It's kind of a blue-collar Kansas team. Um, So Kansas, they're graded on the blue blood curve, uh, which is incredibly high. They're like a B-plus team when they're used to being an A team, so they think they suck. Uh, but there are three seeds, so I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Kansas is going to be pretty good. Without if, if they don't have a couple of these guys, I mean, that changes the way you have to pick. And it's like, I, I think USC, I mean, if Kansas doesn't mm-hmm. have their big guys uh, and USC has all this size, I don't know. That that makes you rethink. I, I, I have – if Kansas isn't going to have their guys, I would pick USC to win that game. Yeah. Let's see. I'm just going to look over the bracket again here for that region. Do you have anything else you want to note from there? Not really. No, I would love to see. I, I, I think I would still, I would love to see Gonzaga get through. And I don't know. You're always kind of looking through these one seeds. It's like, that's my, my eyes always kind of try to find. I don't, I don't think they're going to be tested. I don't think they're going to be tested till that Elite Eight game. Yeah, I can see that too. That's the thing. Even if I'm it's a Creighton or Virginia in the Sweet 16, I don't think they'll be tested. I can see yeah. them. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think they've got a great chance to, to really cruise through those first two or three rounds. All right, so let's move on to the next region here. We got the uh, top right, the north northeast. Yeah, the northeast yeah, region. Northeast. Um, and this is this is uh, Baylor's region, and they've uh, they've been sort of an up and coming team the past few years. Uh, under is it Scott? I can't remember if it's Scott Drew or Bryce Drew. It's Scott Drew. Um, Scott Drew. Scott Drew, and you know they might. First thing I see, and we talked about earlier, and we can expand on a little bit, but they have a possible second-round matchup against North Carolina. What do you think about that game? Be a fun I don't think watch. they'll play North Carolina. You don't think so? You think you got, you got Wisconsin? I think Wisconsin beats them, yeah. Why is that? Uh, because Wisconsin is, like, smart with the ball. They play good defense. They can shoot a little bit, and they're just, like, smart, and it feels like those are the types of teams that North Carolina cannot – match up well with they match up well with the teams that they can just they can out athletic and beat up on the glass and put pressure on and I think Wisconsin has enough of just that that veteran experience kind of savvy kind of style where they're just not going to let Carolina out athletic them I don't know it's an 8-9 game so I mean who knows but that's the way I lean I I think Wisconsin if North Carolina can't just bludgeon you on the glass they have a really hard time and they can't make free throws. Wisconsin shoots free throws at an extremely high rate, um, and they can't shoot. And that just—that's not a good recipe for beating Wisconsin. And I and I do think there's something to be said too about um, you know the Badgers are one of the more disappointing teams I think by a lot of people's standards this season. 
and, and I do want, I do, I do kind of buy into the idea that maybe getting out of big 10 play where you're playing against teams who are just super familiar with you and are super well scouted. Um, maybe getting away from that has kind of this freeing effect on them and, and they're able to play a little more, a little more loose. Um, and North Carolina certainly doesn't play a style that makes people feel real uncomfortable. So I don't love that matchup if I'm, if I'm, if I'm the heels. Mm-hmm. Either way, I think they're both just uh, fodder for the, the Baylor warpath, though. I, th- I think Baylor's cruising all the way to this thing. Yeah, but they've ever since their COVID pause, I think they're back on track now. They've had a couple of rough games, including both losses, really. One in the Big 12 tournament and the other, I can't remember who they lost to. But they just haven't been seemed to be the same team since that COVID pause. They definitely have dropped off defensively. They're not as they're not as staunch defensively since they came back. That's that's for sure. I mean, they gave up like eighty something to Oklahoma State here in the tournament. Uh, you know, some of it's playing really good offensive teams like Oklahoma State and West Virginia, and, and you know, Kansas is okay offensively. But you're right. There is there is some there is probably some nerve. Who knows what kind of the lasting effect if, if Baylor's really on track or not? Um, I still just think I still think. Early in the tournament here, they're they're not going to get challenged by some of these teams. Although, again, there is there is some there's just this weird part of me that's like overlooking Wisconsin feels like a mistake, but I'm going to do it and think Baylor can yeah. Baylor can beat them too. Um, one team I want to talk about, and I just noticed this when I was doing my show prep, but it has to do with Purdue. And I'm looking at their players. I'm looking at their stat lines. You know, you got Travion Williams, 15 points per game. Jaden Ivy, 10. Um, Zach Eady, just under nine, Brandon Newman, over eight. Assuming Travion Williams doesn't declare for the draft, all four of those guys are back next year. And this is a team I can see making a little noise, possibly getting to, you know, the Elite Eight if they're able to knock off Baylor. But is this that team this year that is, you know, you hear the saying, one year away? Could you see Purdue being that team? Not really. I could see that. I mean, I think they're going to be really good next year. I guess I don't know mm-hmm. what one year away means, but I, I, I see One year, like... Yeah. Like title contender? Right. Like a Final Four team. I think I think maybe they, they go into the year next year as kind of like – I see them – if I were to go like long view on Purdue, I tend to think what they're going to have is people are going to really look at them next year and be like – I feel like people are going to be talking about them like they're talking about Wisconsin right now in that I feel like they're just – they're a lot of solid guys. They don't have any guys that are going to hurt you. But I don't know if they've got like that next level talent that gets you on paper that gets you like to be a to be a trendy Final Four pick. Um, they're well coached. They're really solid. Okay. I think they're going to be really competitive. I'm not. I'm curious. It's weird to say because they got a lot of young guys, a lot of freshmen and redshirt freshmen. I'm not sure where the upside is. Mm-hmm. I think they're just. I think they're probably locked into just being really good, but maybe like a 10 to 15 caliber good rather than like top five good. That's. I don't know. When you get the, mm-hmm. when you get up that high, as high as they are, it's just it's really hard to like get much better. You know what I mean? Right. Who's uh who's like an upset team you have this first round? And this is actually when I fill out my bracket, this is my upset region out of the four of them. I I would agree. I have a hard time. I mean, did, does Winthrop pick? Does picking Winthrop over Villanova even count? I feel like literally everybody's gonna pick Winthrop. To be I don't even know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like, like that Villanova team is just ravaged rav- ravaged by yeah, injuries. That sucks because. I mean, on paper, like if Villanova was healthy, they'd probably be like the second best team in this region. Um, and boy, a, a healthy Villanova against Baylor would have been a hell of a hell of an Elite Eight or Sweet Sixteen game. That'd be really fun. But I mean, that one's yeah. that one's kind of the obvious one. Everybody's going to be picking that. 
I actually could see North Texas. I mean, even though we both kind of like Purdue, I could see North Texas giving Purdue a game. I think they play that kind of style where they're slow and they play great defense. Um, nobody has the size yeah, that do. Purdue does, so it's kind of an interesting matchup. But um, I think the most fun first-round game in that region could be that arkansas Colgate game. Ooh, that, that's actually a popular upset one, I think. And I was looking at Ken Palm, and both both teams are top 25 in tempo. That's gonna be like that's a game you watch and like you have trouble catching your breath. You're gonna be watching it like it's like it's a game of tennis. Where you're just, your t- your face yeah. is gonna be going the depending on how big your TV is, you're gonna be going from one end to the other. Just oh, sign me up. Yeah, that could be a popular upset, Biggs. And in fact, nine out of ten dentists are recommending that upset pick. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. I, <laughs> I, I thought I would have something quick witted to respond, but. Yeah, well, you know what? The 10th dentist would probably be fired because he's not picking that. That's, um, that's true. Oh, that's true. That's true. I have a hard I have a hard time picking the upset. Just because um, uh, threes never beat 14s. But you know what? Let's go. Let's uh, – in, yeah. in, the, in, the, in, the, in the justice for, like, dental hygiene, America needs to rally around Colgate. Especially with all these the, – especially true. with the mask wearing. Um, do you think – got to wear masks. We better have good breath. Um, do you think Ohio State makes it out of the first weekend here? Uh, yes, I think they do. But actually, out of the two seeds, I still have just like a hard time. Gosh, they just went to the Big Ten Championship game. And I don't know. Sometimes sometimes there's kind of a hangover effect from going that deep into the tournament like that and playing four games in four days, including multiple overtime games. I mean, they just had to grind. And mm-hmm. I, could see, I could see them getting knocked out. I like – actually, oddly enough, I, I like Virginia Tech in that first round game. Um, I, can I actually see have, I Oh, can against see Florida. That. And I actually have Virginia tech going to the sweet 16. Look at that. Fact. I, mean, I could, I could see that. I like the way Virginia tech yeah. plays. I mean, they're just, and it's hard just because they haven't played many games. I mean, they've only played 21 games and they've been, been so, so paused with COVID all the time that it's hard to kind of get a great look at them. But um, with the way they play and the way they kind of execute their style of play, yeah, why not? I could see them knocking off Ohio State. You know, John, what they say. Um, I, I don't know if you anything know else on this region. People, people don't seem to know this, but like the NCAA tournament is not a best of seven series. It's just one game. All Virginia Tech would have to do is be better than Ohio State. True. For Forty minutes. Forty minutes. Sometimes forty-five or fifty, depending on yeah. you know overtimes. Yeah. But like you said, one game you just have to win six of them in a row. It's it's really easy when you think about it to win a national. It's not title. that hard. Yeah, I don't know why more teams don't do it. Um, let's move forward to the bottom right, and this is Illinois' region, the southeast um, bracket. Yes, these, yeah, that's bottom right, yeah, southeast, southeast. Um, and one thing I noticed right away, and I talked to you about this earlier, but the possibility of Io DeSunmo against Cade Cunningham in the Sweet Sixteen—that'd be some fun thing. That'd be fun to watch. Yeah, that would get that would get America going. That would have to be. Let's see. The Sweet Sixteen is going to be Saturday and Sunday, correct? Isn't that how that? Uh, yeah, for that. Yeah, that's the second weekend. Saturday, that would have and to, then that would absolutely have to be like a Saturday, like an either a noon. What's prime time on Sunday? Is that three? Like early afternoon like Sunday? Would that be prime time? Yeah, early to mid, I'd say. Whatever, whatever they deem the prime time with like time block, like you'd have to put that game in there, right? Because that would be the biggest one. You got arguably the most most exciting mm-hmm. one seed probably in Illinois with, you know, one of the best players in the country versus the team that's got, you know, the, the perceived top pick in the draft, um, you know, the darling. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about them getting a four seed? Because you were talking about this last time. How you said you think they could get a two. I, thought I, you I, I was actually – no, I was going to bring this up. 
Okay. And then I was buying it. I was like, you well, know what? Yeah. Here's the thing. Why is Houston a two and not a, uh, not Oklahoma State? Yeah. So here's the thing. And I don't know if you saw this, but Oklahoma State, who is a four seed, has beaten all four of the three seeds this year. Yeah, West Virginia. You know, they're, they're in the same conference as three of them. And then they've beat Arkansas in non-conference play. They beat Arkansas in the non-conference? And so I, yeah. And so obviously, like, you know, it's a whole body of work thing. But that's just crazy how all four of the teams, the line, the seed line above them, they have beaten this year. That is. That is uh... – that's interesting. I think the only thing that really hurts them, eight, eight losses, I guess, is tough to to do. But also, I think they've taken, they've lost like TCU or something. They got a couple of just kind of stupid yeah. losses where it's like, what the hell are you doing? But well, like, I don't get why the committee, and maybe they do, but TCU is their seventh game this year that they lost. Yep. Um, the rest of their losses, Texas ranked, West Virginia ranked, Baylor ranked. Oh, they did. They lost to TCU twice. Okay, that's definitely why they're a four seed. That's that's probably what hurts them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So like, yeah, both their bad losses against TCU. Like, I get it. Whole body of work thing. It's not just like you playing those four teams alone, but it's just crazy that they're gonna be playing TCU in the tournament, so they're probably gonna win all their games. That's true. Oh, very true. Well, here's here's the question for you. I know you're kind of getting ahead of yourself with that little Sweet Sixteen matchup that you'd like to see. Are they a lock to beat Liberty? That's. That's a uh, popular discussion topic on all these sports podcasts like Titus and Tate, Ion College Basketball, all those guys. But Liberty, they do that. Darius McGee, he's a stud for them. And they're a team that, you know, we talked about last week on our first pod. They only give up 59 points per game. So they're going to slow down that tempo. They're going to play that Virginia style that you always talk about. Yep. And they have played power six. They've played five games against power 16. So they, like, they're used to playing these teams and they've also lost to tcu so they're basically the same as oklahoma state okay so transit of property has not helped either one of them but no what do you think about them do you think is that i almost think like if oklahoma state survives that first game they're in the second weekend yeah i would agree i i think i think they beat i think i have a i had a harder time picking them to beat liberty than i do if they were to play tennessee i right. I, you know i just don't really believe in tennessee they're the frolandiers to me um especially if fulkerson's out for them, they're they're a good big man, John Fulkerson. But mm-hmm. I I don't know. There's this like this like maybe it's just the contrarian in me that really wants to pick Liberty because I know everybody else wants Oklahoma State to win. That I'm like, you know what? I'm a patriot. You know, I love America. I want Liberty to win. Uh so let's move down to the bottom side. And you know, Syracuse got in. They're one of the last teams in. Is this just an every year occurrence that Jim Beheim loses? A conference game, conference tournament game, and then he just wills his way into the tournament through his press conference. He's he's saw, yeah, he's man, done this he's, before. He's got magic. I don't know what it is. Like, I wonder if it is it just the committee just knows. Like, man, we put Syracuse in there, and they're gonna fuck up some brackets because they play that wonky, that two three zone where they're just so big, and people just it's like a fucking puzzle. People can't figure it out. So we're gonna put them in and just let them wreak havoc on people because they do. Yeah. Like every year, it's like it's so hard to pick against them in the tournament because you, they're going against teams that haven't played against this kind of style, and they're just not used to it. And like, they go on, they go around further than you think they should. Or the year they went to the Final Four, they went four rounds further than you think they should have. Yeah, and that I think were they in a playing game that year too? I can't. I know they're about. I think they were an 11 seed that year too. They made the Final Four. I think they. I think they. That was the year they lost to North Carolina when Chris Jenkins hit the shot to win the title. I think it was that year. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then, yeah, if they are able to survive, that San Diego State game, I mean, 
they're not a world-beating six seed by any means. Syracuse could win that game um, just alone, just just on the fact alone that two-three zone. It's a wonky zone, and sometimes they'll even toss the press at you, the two-three or two-two-one press, and get some turnovers on you just randomly too. Yep, yep. I mean, San Diego State plays. They play terrific defense. They're a great defensive team, and they do have. They have, like, high major caliber talent. I mean, they're a really good team. But, yeah, there's just something about that Q zone and all that size that just I have a hard time. I have a hard time picking against it, at least in a first-round matchup, even though I, I really like San Diego State, too. Uh, let's see. Who's the next one? We got West Virginia against Moorhead State. I don't think they're going to have too much trouble with them, do you? No, I always thought Moorhead State was a Division II team. I mean, they're playing in the NSIC. I'm surprised that they let them kind of come up and play in the championship game and. You know, I, I wonder, since NDSU is out, is the city of Fargo going to rally around, you know, the Cobbers <laughs> to play in that first-round matchup? Against no West no one's going to understand that joke. No no one no is going to understand that? that joke, Biggs. No, I don't think anyone knows there's a Moorhead, Minnesota, across the river from Fargo. <laughs> uh, uh, what are they called? What is Moorhead State called? Are they called uh, the Cardinals? Uh, they're, they're the Dragons. They're the Dragons. The Dragons. Oh, so, Drexel. I mean, B- Bill Walton's probably a fan of them. Bill Walton's a fan of them. He loves talking about dragons. <laughs> He's all about it. Uh, <laughs> and then looking forward, just, you know, I don't think – I think I see Houston, West Virginia in that Sweet 16. I don't see either Rutgers, Clemson, or any of the other teams pulling off an upset there. No. And you know, this one this is probably my second favorite upset bid team. Um what do you think of that Georgia Tech Loyola Chicago matchup? That's the team Georgia Tech, you know, coming on strong, winning the ACC, and then Loyola Chicago is, you know, they have the history. You know, they have Sister Jean on their side. Not sure if you're aware of that. Um, I don't know Georgia Tech. I don't know if they beat Illinois, but I think they could beat Loyola there. Eight nine games are always really hard to pick, and without doing any sort of like research or math on how eight nine games generally go, just it feels like. In my memory, when I watching tournaments in years past, it's been two years since we've had a tournament, but it feels like a lot of these eight nine games actually end up being kind of blowouts. You'd think they'd be close games, really yeah. competitive. They're hard to pick. These teams are supposed to be, you know, talent talent, you know, pretty equitable. And then games, it seems like a lot of the times the eight nine games are are really terrible. And I have no idea which one of these teams is going to win, Georgia Tech or Loyola Chicago. But I bet you the game kind of sucks. That's based on. Yeah, I can see it being I'm just, just kind of saying, Especially, but I think, I think it's going to happen. At least we could see Passner with the uh, Andy Reid face mask. Face mask. We, we get at least one more time. Yep, we get that at least one more time, and we get yep. Sister Jean at least one more time. Really, no matter who wins, America loses because we're losing one of either Josh Passner with the face mask or Sister Jean. Um, let's toss it over to the bottom left, the Southwest region. All right. And first thing I want to talk about, Biggs, is, and this can be sort of for the tournament as a whole, and I think you told me this, but since they started doing those uh, first four games, you know, when they went to a field of 68 instead of 65, yep. there has been one, at least one team each year who has made it to the second weekend, meaning they have to, they had to win three games that first weekend. Yeah. Who do you think that team is this year? Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's not going to be either Mount St. Mary's or Texas Southern. Uh, and it, and it's, weird, it's weird how they matched up Michigan State and UCLA in this region. You know, Michigan State, you think Tom Izzo, Mr. March, UCLA, technically a blue blood, even though they haven't been as prominent in recent years. Um, but yeah, it's looked like they're 
really just going for TV ratings with that matchup. Yeah, that's going to be – I mean, that's going to be a great draw. They put it on – it's like, what, like the 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock start the tip time on Thursday. It's going to be a great way to end Thirsty Thursday. Um, mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I, I am totally buying into that. The 11 seed at least always wins at least one game. I don't know if I don't know if there's a team that gets to the second weekend in that from that play-in round, um, mm-hmm. but I think I think either one of those teams matches up with BYU pretty well. I mean BYU's got great size, but I I tend to think either one of those teams can take down BYU. Yeah, it's interesting because if you look at those six seeds, San Diego State, BYU, Texas Tech, they're not gonna put. If they want to get one of those teams the second weekend, they're not going to put it with Texas Tech um, or USC. I think they pick the most likely team to put one of those play-in games with to get them to the second weekend. Yeah, I would agree. I think BYU is probably the weakest of them, although I think BYU beat San Diego State early in the season. I still mm-hmm. have a hard time. Uh, yeah, I, I would I would agree with you. I think they've got uh, probably the weakest resume. I was surprised BYU was a six seed, to be honest. I guess I thought they'd be like a seven, so I don't know what I want there, but... Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Who do you who do you think wins that play-in game? And then do you think the winner of that can do the I think very I, thinkable I, in BYU? I do have UCLA making that second weekend. Wow, no, I you. don't. You got, him, got him going past what Texas. Am I looking at? Oh yeah. Or no, I'm not. I'm thinking way off. I'm I'm thinking of just winning two games. Really, I've got Michigan State beating BYU for that second round. You got um, Michigan State beating they, BYU. Yeah, I actually don't have a team. God, this is good radio here. I do not have a team making that second weekend from a play-in game. Neither do I. I mean, well, like you think of the two most likely ones are you know those eleven games. It's only happened once. I'm not sure if you're aware of this that a 16 seed has even won a single game. So if you're looking for a candidate to win a couple games, it has you have to look at that 11 game, which that second round you're probably looking at either Texas or Kansas, and I don't see Wichita or Drake beating Kansas. I don't see Michigan State or UCLA beating Texas either, though. I would agree with you. I think uh, it's unfortunate that Drake is so injured. I mean, if they weren't so injured, they'd probably not be in the play-in mm-hmm. round. But right. it's hard to imagine either one of those teams taking down even USC. You know, I think yeah. I think BYU is the most ripe for the pickings, but BYU's been tough too. I mean, they're they're a really good team. They're just, they're kind of off the radar, kind of like you know. Obviously, Gonzaga kind of fall. They're very on the radar because they're undefeated, but people just don't watch them play because they're playing in the in the WCC, and um, you know they're not on until ten o'clock at night when they ever are on TV. Nobody really thinks about BYU. They're known for having a bunch of wives. You know, they have like three, yeah. four wives each guy. And <laughs> how are they going to handle that? Potentially being away from all of their wives? Can you imagine? Like they're just nagging them for being yeah, gone so, for so you long. Say, too? You got one girlfriend who nags. Yeah, I got one wife who nags me all the time. Can you imagine having three or four of those? I couldn't handle that. Oh, I could not at all. They're probably like, like please just get us the hell out of here. Send us back home. Get us home so we can get back to our crazy wives and do like damage control. Uh, let's move on a little bit. What do you think of UConn? Their team uh, in UConn, their best player was out most of the year, James Booknight, but now he's back. Do you think they could make a run to that second weekend? Sure. Why not? I mean, Booknight, he was a uh, he was one of my Kemba candidates in one of my articles. Where can we find that stuff again? Uh, that would be uh, ooh, shameless plug there. That would be uh, midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Where you've, uh, we've been a little bit lazy on that. Lately, that's, bigs, that's to be true. honest, but we'll, recap, we'll, we'll get back on it. I've got to recap yeah. the fire. I've got to have some stuff coming out here in the next couple of days. But that's right. Yeah, I mean, James isn't as fun to say as Kemba or Shabazz, but I think he's every bit as uh, potentially dynamic and capable of taking over games and dominating a tournament. 
did he play in the Creighton game? Because I know in the game before that he was kind of dealing with like some sort of an injury, and then they lost to Creighton, so kind of the wind was taken out of the, the UConn love fest uh, for even just kind of an evening. But he did, he did. He scored scored fourteen and had eight rebounds. Um, fourteen and eight. So he's definitely there. Okay. But I think for Creighton, they were just like really no one at all stands out. The, the leading score for both teams is 14 points. No one really stood out. Just a low scoring game. Almost a typical Big E style game. Um, yeah, just couldn't get it done against Creighton in that semifinal. But they got they got that loss out of the way before the tournament. That's always smart to do. That's brilliant. Yeah, you don't want to win your conference tournament. You want to get that loss out of the way. Um, yes. I don't know. Book Knight scored 14. He didn't shoot real well. He shot pretty terribly in that game, too. So that – I don't know. I actually – this is kind of like an Oklahoma State Liberty one for me where it's like I think everybody just automatically wants to pencil in UConn to go on this deep run. And I I know Maryland has just like a ton of losses, and they're not really going in with like a great vibe right now either. I Just from when the few times I've watched Maryland, I could see them actually giving UConn a tougher game than I think people give them credit for. They've got just some big, tough, physical guards uh, where I could see that matchup kind of being interesting. I think that's going to be a really good, one of the better first-round games, like mm-hmm. one of the better Thursday, Friday, whatever day they're they're playing. I forget what – I don't remember all the TV schedule and stuff, but I can see that game actually being really good. And I wouldn't be at all surpri- – I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if UConn gets to the second round and maybe gets to the Sweet 16. I wouldn't be surprised if Maryland knocks UConn out in the first round either. Yeah. Um, let's go to the top of the bracket here, Biggs. We got UNC Greensboro. Do you think they could give Florida State some fits with uh, Isaiah Miller? Nope. No? Okay. Moving on. Uh, Georgetown, <laughs> you know? Colorado. Just, do, you think, do, you think, uh, <laughs> do you think they create any matchup problems there? I mean, they play great defense. No. And, oh, Florida State, how many Florida turnovers do they have against Georgia Tech? They had like 40 turnovers. Yeah, but Florida State's just – They've got so much depth to toss eight, nine guys at you. They've got – and, like, what's the saying? They always talk about this. They have one center, and every other piece on their team is just interchangeable. Yeah, it's true. That's just how they play. Well, you um, know, to be it, honest it, with you, I think there's a lot of similarities between the two teams and, like, their style and just, like, the way they're they're built. Both teams have, like, a ton of depth. Both teams have, like – the really the strength is in numbers, right? I mean, Greensboro's got one guy who does a lot of the scoring, but then it's like they've got six or seven guys that average six to nine points. And Florida State's kind of the same way in that they've got, you know, they got a couple guys who do consistent scoring, but then they've been led by like nine different guys on the season in scoring. Like that's just kind of unheard of uh, to have that kind of, mm-hmm. to have that kind of, I think Florida State just does what Florida or what Greensboro does, maybe at a little higher level. All right. Want to get into some predictions here? Yeah. So let's go through each region. We'll say, I guess, um, let's just go with the region, like each region's championship game. So obviously we'll be identifying Elite Eight teams as well. And just go from there. So, And I actually, I should point this out. I've got a friend of mine who him and I always do this 1v1 bracket pool. We have got a little wager on it. Okay. But to that person, you know who you are. Your initials are CM. Uh, just fast forward this part because I'm gonna be giving away my predictions, so you can't listen to this. Um, let's Ooh, go with the honor okay. code there. Do, do you? By the way, do you trust that this person will turn it off? I I do. I I, I trust him. Okay, I guess we'll find out here. Um, let's see here. So top left region, I've got. Then again, Zega. John, you can't trust John. This person does have two first names. You can't trust. That's people true. With two first names. That's true. 
Yeah. See, now the you question is, is if they heard that, it means that they didn't fast forward and they heard that. Anyways, back to it. I've got Gonzaga beating Iowa in that top left region. Who do you got? I have Gonzaga also emerging from the Northwest region. I have them beating Oregon in the Elite Eight. Okay. Yeah, that was your uh, your team to advance further than their seed prediction. And this is yep. – and I'm just looking at this. The only two that I have really, like, w- without the higher seed winning is Missouri in the first round and then Creighton in the second round. Everything else is one – yeah. You're going really to chalk in that region. Basically, yeah. Okay. So, like – yeah, this is really going according to plan in that one for me. Uh, do you have a lot of upsets other than Oregon? Uh, I have USC beating Kansas just because I'm not really sure where Kansas is sitting with some of their with some of their COVID stuff. Um, okay. I really, really wanted to pick UC Santa Barbara only because I like that they're called the Gauchos. I don't know what a Gaucho is, but <laughs> I'm intrigued by it, and I want to see them win more. Um, mm-hmm. I love Gonzaga. It's, they're one of my favorite teams to generally watch. And I could actually see – I think Creighton would give them kind of a fun game from a, like a aesthetic, an aesthetically pleasing kind of game, the way the ball would be moving and stuff. But I'm a little afraid. I could see Virginia actually – I know Gonzaga bombed the shit out of them. And maybe this is where the COVID stuff impacts them. But, I but do you think, they can, like, you think they can slow down the tempo? Yeah, yeah. I think they could. I, I'm always just – I feel like you can never just bet against Virginia, even though they are – I mean, John, they're the first team in history to lose as a 16 seed to a number – or to lose as a one seed to a 16 and then win the championship the next year. That's never happened before. Every other one seed that's lost to a 16 seed has not won the championship. Well, oh, wait, no. Shoot. How's that supposed to go? You can actually go a little further than that, Biggs. Because like, even after that, add on to that, also the first team to lose to a 16, win the national title – and then have the following year postponed due to COVID or canceled due to COVID. And then how poetic would it be if we could add one more layer to that and say they're the first team to lose as a one seed to a 16, followed up by the championship, followed that up by not going to the tournament and be the reign, a two-year reigning champion, and then knock off the only undefeated team in the bracket. That would be big. Oh, my God. That's, That's just poetic. The stories write right themselves there. right there. So I think Gonzaga gets there. Yeah. I'm, I, I always think Virginia looms a little bit. All right. Who do you got for top right here? Uh, Baylor. I think they're the best team in the country. I know they just lost to Oklahoma State. I actually think I'll have Baylor. Uh, I, I really have very few do- little doubts about Baylor. There's That's another kind of Virginia-y thing where I could see mm-hmm. Wisconsin, like, knocking them off in a weird, stupid Wisconsin way after being kind of shitty the last month. But I think Baylor is far better. Um, unfortunately, I think Villanova would be the best equipped to give them a game, but not this iteration of Villanova now with all the injuries. So... Yeah, I got Baylor. I think Baylor will beat Arkansas. I kind of went really chalky in this one. Um, I don't know. I'm just not 100% in on Ohio State. I don't quite believe in them enough. And I don't really know much about Arkansas, but I'm kind of rooting for Arkansas because I love Musselman and I want to see him take his shirt off. Not in a weird way, but like I'm just loving the coach personality. The kind of thing. Yeah, the must bus. I'm, I'm, I'm riding on the must bus. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. I've also got Baylor. I just think they're too good those guards they also have you know i wrote an article last week about the basically picking an all sixth man team yeah and i would like for my like i've limited myself to one player per conference and for my big 12 like i'm looking at baylor and i could see three guys i could pick for this to put on that team with matthew mayer um adam flagler and who's the was it that oh i'm gonna butcher everyday john 
Jonathan Chamba jo- Chakwa. Yes, uh, or as I refer to him, T squared. T squared. Love it. Yes, they Jonathan have like T-squared. the best seventh and eighth man in the countries. Then, yeah. So I've got Baylor, and I actually have, and I told you this is the region where I've got my most upsets. I've got Baylor beating Texas Tech. I've got Texas Tech. Long making a nice little wrong, maybe maybe a mini Kemba candidate there. Um, but I've got Baylor I like that. beating Texas Tech in the Elite Eight to get to the Final Four. I like that. I could absolutely see that. I'm I'm kind of like with, uh, with with what I was talking about with Wisconsin. I feel like Texas Tech might be one of those teams that if you get them out of Big Twelve play and there's maybe a freeing effect where they start playing a lot better because they're not playing against teams that are super familiar with them. And the last time we saw Chris Beard in the tournament, he got him to the championship game. So there is some there is some magic yeah. there. I mean, he's one of the best coaches. So it's hard to boy, that's gonna be if if you get an Arkansas Texas Tech second round game, I think that one could be a ton of fun. Uh so yeah, so far we got the same team in the first two regions we talked about. Let's toss it down to the bottom right. And this is, I think, I think we're going to have different teams in this one, Biggs. I've got, you know, we've talked about Illinois and how they're sort of, they're the ultimate pick them to go one round too far. Yep. Team. And for that reason, I have Oklahoma State making the Elite Eight as well as the Final Four because they beat West Virginia. Wow. So I've got Cade Cunningham, the future number one draft pick, making a nice little run, sort of cementing his status as that number one overall draft pick. Um, and then West Virginia, like I just love watching them play. They got some great guards. They are, they're always up in your face, playing good defense. I got them getting to the lead eight, and I've got Oklahoma State. Um, like I said, with Cade Cunningham and Avery Anderson, the sort of their second fiddle, really coming on as of late. So I've got them making the final four. All right, all right. This is the only region where I have the number one and two seeds both getting to the Elite Eight. Uh, And I have Houston. I think Houston knocks off Illinois in the Elite Eight. I love their defensive tenacity and their ability to just grind out uh, possessions on the defensive end and obliterate people on the backboard. Um, I know Illinois has got Coffee Cockburn, who's a beast. Uh, I think Houston Mm -hmm. finds a way to neutralize kind of some of that size. And I love their guards and just their experience. Every time they're in the tournament, it seems like they give people uh, – they're just hell to play against. And, and I know they're kind of under the radar in that they've become kind of a punching bag because they're related they're, – they're rated so high and yet they don't have, you know, a lot of meat to their resume, you know, in terms of quality opportunities and quality wins. Um, it, it's hard to pick against Illinois just because of the way they're playing. But um, – I'm going to go with Houston just because I, I, I don't want to pick all one seeds. I don't think every one seed is going to get to the Final Four. They're just not going to. So I'm going to pick I'm gonna pick Illinois to win, and the Big Ten uh, takes a significant hit in its in its chase to finally win a national title. All right, who do you got in the last one? All right, last region here. I have got – let me see here. I have got Alabama, reigning the, the, the SEC regular season champion. The SEC tournament champion mm-hmm. knocking off Florida State Ooh. in the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four. Wow. Okay. That is interesting because I have the complete opposite of that. I've got Florida State with the uh, the youngest 70-year-old man in college basketball, at coach. Gosh, he's um, so handsome. I've got handsome. Florida State knocking off Bama. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I've got Leonard Hamilton making his, uh, his first Final Four. And especially, like, do you think they take? Did you see the banner they hung up after last season? Yeah, the ACC like, tournament champions, no, right? No, it, uh, it's like highest remaining seed in the ACC tournament or something like that. I can't remember exactly. <laughs> like because COVID happened. How <laughs> oh, don't you love? That? I mean, lean all the way into it. I love it. And I, I was hoping. No, I was honestly because like, was it 
Duke obviously had their COVID issues, and then Virginia did too. So yeah. I was hoping that the that like North Carolina and Georgia Tech would have COVID issues. <laughs> they and could say highest they, <laughs> Yes, and they could do Something it again. That didn't get beat by COVID. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, do you, should we? Uh, yeah, let's do our final four picks too. So obviously, right. I've got I had Gonzaga, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Florida State. You had Gonzaga, Baylor. You had Houston and Alabama. Um, so I've got in the championship. The matchup, who everyone wanted, who everyone missed out on in December because of COVID, it got postponed. I've got Gonzaga and Baylor playing each other with Mark Few getting his first national title. Ooh. What do you think? As a Gonzaga fan, uh, you know, like a like a like a quasi Gonzaga fan, I would love that. I would love to see mm-hmm. Gonzaga win the national title. Um I actually went the other way though. I think I think Baylor is going to win the national championship. I have them beating Gonzaga. Baylor. Uh, so Scott Drew finally gets to say he wins something, and then maybe he's dropped. Maybe he just says "suck it, haters." Drops the mic and goes and takes the Indiana job. Oh yeah, that's who would a, do that? Who would win the national championship and then Miller. just literally go leave for a different job? That'd be pretty wild, right? I don't think it's happened. Closest thing I can think of is the NBA with uh, who is the Cavs coach from a few years ago that they fired to get to Ty Lue when they had the best record in the NBA. Yeah, they do that in the NBA. The guy it's wins like coach of the year, and it's basically guy. a death sentence yeah. on your career. If you win coach of the year in the NBA, you're getting fired within yeah. the next two years. Or if you coach LeBron. All right, Bix. We got through the bracket. We got through our predictions. I've got one more thing, and I alluded to alluded to this earlier. But I've got a trivia question for you. Ooh. And so I'm going to tell you what it, what it is, and I'm going to give you one minute. I've got my phone right here. I'm going to get the timer up. I'm going to give you one minute to answer this, okay? All right. I'm nervous. So in the last 10 – NCAA tournament, so you have to exclude last year because there wasn't one. So this is basically, you know, 2010 tournament through 2019. Okay. Okay. There have been seven teams make the final four that are not part of the a Power Six conference. And when I'm saying Power Six, ACC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, Big East, Pac-12, SEC. Okay. okay? So seven teams, and I want you to guess the year too. If you if you're within one year, say if you say 2011, but they made it in 10 or 12. I'll give you okay. that. So say the name of the team and the year. And there's seven teams, final four, last 10 tournaments. And your okay. time begins right now. Right now. All right. Butler out of the Horizon League in 2010. Uh, VCU out of the Atlantic 10 in 2011. Butler out of the Horizon League. Or were they in the Missouri Valley? Scratch that. I think Butler's in the Missouri Valley in both those leagues. Uh, not the Horizon. My mistake. But Butler in 2010 and 2011. VCU in 2011. Uh, Loyola Chicago in 2018, 2019, 2018. Um, okay, so we got four. You've got Let's four see. of them. Ooh, the University of Connecticut coming out of the American Athletic Conference in 2014. That is correct. Let's see here. You got five seconds. Oh, man. Let's see. 2019, we had... Time. I can't believe you... There's one I cannot believe you didn't get, Biggs. Holy shit. Um, Okay, so I'm going to go through your answers. You got 2010, 2011, Butler. Both are correct. Um, You did say Missouri Valley, but they're actually the Horizon. Oh, it was right the first time. Dang. I'm not going to dock you. Yeah, I'm not going to dock you for that. Um, VCU in 2011 is correct. Um, I actually have it written down as Colonial, though. 
when I left. Oh, they're in the Colonial, huh? Okay. They moved to the yeah. A10 then after that. Okay. Yep. Uh, 2018 Loyal Chicago, Missouri Valley. That is correct. Holy shit, fucking Gonzaga. Yep, that's that's one of the ones you forget. Forgot Jeez. 2017. Actually made the national championship that year. Lost to North Carolina. They came out of the West Coast. Um, the UConn one, I'm surprised you got. Just because of, you know, they were Big East. Left for five, six years and came back this season. Yeah. I'm surprised you got that one. I'm very impressed with that. But that's correct, AAC. The one... You're missing. I'm trying to give you a hint. Uh, I'm not sure if he played there at this time, but Ron Baker. Oh, Wichita, Wichita State. Yeah, duh. Yeah. Wichita, Wichita State. State. Get in the 2013. final four. 2013, 14. Yep. Yep. <sighs> 2013. Yeah. 2014, sorry. 2014. Ron Baker did play on that team. He was a freshman. Yep. So, yeah, that was actually pretty good. You got, what, what did I say, five of them? And, yeah, that UConn one, I'm very impressed that you got because – I was going through, like, I just had a listing from Wikipedia, and I'm going through it. I'm just picking them out. And yeah. I had to look closely to see that it said American Athletic for UConn. Otherwise, I would have missed that one. Yeah, it kind of throws you off, doesn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, those, that's those something fun. Back in the Big East. Yeah. And I saw, I was reading about that. They had to pay a $17 million buyout to get out of the AAC. How quickly is that going to be Or an exit, an exit fee. I don't know. I don't know how much. I don't know how much money these guys. It's got to be worth it pretty soon, right? The Big yeah. East is huge. The, I mean, Fox yeah. is, I'm sure, paying out the ass to have to have UConn back in the old Big East. Yeah. So, anyways, that's the show. Um, I hope you like that trivia question. I'll think of some more for you. Maybe do that once a week. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We'll uh, try and record and be back. We're gonna do some game previews for this weekend's games. Probably try and have that out. For sure by Thursday night, maybe even Thursday morning if we're feeling productive. But we should. We probably won't. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, check out our WordPress, uh, midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Check out our Twitter, at midcourtmadness. And we will see you Thursday, probably. Peace.